This is Katadata Podcast, a crafted selection of audio content from katadata.co.id with deep insights and storytelling on Indonesia's current affairs, business, and social issues. Hello, I'm Gundi Chayadi and this is Off the Script, a podcast series for Katadata. Each week, I'll bring you an interview with policymakers, business leaders, and social figures in Indonesia on a range of topics such as economics and financial markets, business and the digital economy, as well as sustainability and social affairs. We hope that this program will be a window for you to embrace and understand Indonesia better. Hello and welcome again to Off The Script with me, Gundi Chayadi. And in today's episode, I'm speaking with Arip Tirta, president and co-founder of Evermos. Evermos is, of course, the first social e-commerce platform in Indonesia, making the connection between brand owners and resellers to reach a wider consumer base. Arip himself is not a stranger in the startup venture space. He started his career in a venture capital firm in the Silicon Valley before moving to Indonesia in 2011. And before Evermos, he was also the co-founder of a prop tech company called Urban Indo and Bobobox, a startup in the leisure accommodation sector. Right now, Arip also serves as the independent commissioner of BRI Ventures, and he is also an Endeavor entrepreneur. Thank you for coming to the show, Arip. Oh, it's my pleasure, Gundi. Thank you for having me. You know, obviously, you have plenty of experience in the startup scene. Uh, but what I find very interesting about you is that you graduated from Stanford University with a master in computer science. You know, but your, your passion has always seemed to be in helping uh, small companies to grow. Right? So we'll, we'll definitely talk a lot more about SMEs today. Uh, but I want to maybe start with Evermos, you know, because uh, if you can share a little bit about this uh, social e-commerce platform to our listeners. So when we started Evermos three and a half years ago, uh, we were unhappy on how a brand owners need to spend a lot of money to get the product to the end consumers. So let's say that I'm a brand owners and, you know, I created, I don't know, perhaps a, a fashion brand. Typically, I would need to spend between 30% to 65% in sales, marketing, and logistics. So the cost is very high to get my product to the end consumers. And to make it even worse, even you know, after I spend 65% you know, in sales, marketing, and logistics, it only covers perhaps you know, 20 to 30% of the sales coverage within Indonesia. Uh, the main issue is two things. Uh, I think the first one, you know, as a country, we are very blessed that, you know, we are very, you know, big countries and we have over 17,000 islands. But, you know, for the brand owners, that create a very big challenge. Uh, if we want to create kind of like uh, an integrated, you know, sales channel uh, that is robust, uh, it will be very costly. And on the top of that, the cost of logistics is very, very expensive also. And then secondly, uh, 
85% of Indonesia, uh, they live in lower tier cities. Uh, so right now, you know, we have, uh, of course, an online approach. But currently, you know, if you look at the online buyer in Indonesia, it only captures, you know, between 13 to 20% of the market. So now, you know, we need to, to resort to the offline, you know, solution. Uh, so many uh, brand owners would, you know, end up building this distribution, long distribution sales channel. Start it with the principal, big distributor, small distributor, big shop, small shop, traditional shop. So now to get to the product, to the lower tier city, you need to go to, I don't know, perhaps four to five hands. And that's expensive. That's expensive. That's very, very expensive. Yeah. So that's, yeah. you know, why we started Evermost. Uh, yeah. We want to find a solution so that the brand owner can have a big, you know, salesperson in Indonesia with no upfront cost for them. And on the top of that, you know, we want to get the product to the end consumer faster, cheaper, and more efficient. Hmm. Okay. And, you know, when you talk about these brand owners, uh, these are, as I understand, these are typically like uh, uh, micro enterprises, right? I mean, we are not talking about big brands, but we are talking about um, more. So, yeah. As part of our, you know, think tank that we did for the World Economic Forum, uh, you know, we, we wrote a second article that basically touched basis on this, you know, different type of uh, SMEs. Uh, we categorize SMEs in, you know, five different uh, bucket. The first one, you know, is the newcomer uh, with the GMV less than one, one billion rupiah per, per year. And then after that, the artisan between one to five, and then emerging five to a hundred, uh, challenger a hundred to five hundred, and then mainstream above five hundred billion. So when we talk about the brand here, is you know late artisan until challenger. But I think our, um, you know, um, when we talk about Evermost, we, we we cannot run away from talking about all these small medium enterprises. And I think Evermost, what I, I like about the company is that, you know, you are trying to help the smallest of them all, right? The, the, the small, medium enterprises in Indonesia. And the data is quite overwhelming, right? SMEs make up about, I don't know, 60% of the country's uh, uh, GDP. Yeah. And it account for like, you know, 97% of the employment in the country. Um what are some of the hopes uh, in terms of skill transfer that you want to build for SMEs in Indonesia? You know. Yeah. So I, I think we we have been very curious, you know, people uh, or bunch. Uh, so when we look at the data, you know, from the government that you know over sixty million SMEs in Indonesia, which is you know one out of five Indonesian would have an SMEs. Uh, when we look at deeper, 99% of those SMEs are what we consider micro. Mm, yes. So the first thing that comes in my mind is that, like, why is that 99% of our SMEs are still micro? How can they, you know, go up and grow to become uh, a bigger SMEs? And that's how, you know, we basically did a lot of research on how we can create a framework so that we can help the SMEs in terms of the mindset and also the skill set that they need to acquire before they, uh, so that they can grow as a companies. 
if you look at you know the the newcomer right the majority of them actually perhaps they become SMEs by perhaps by luck or just you know uh, opportunistically meaning that you know we are friend you know you 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 created the t-shirt uh, and then I asked you to hey can you supply some t-shirt to me and I become an SMEs but the main problem is that a lot of you know those SMEs they have not you know found what we call the product market fit. They they get some traction, but they actually don't know the reason why. They do, they don't know the the target market and what product that they should you know sell to that target market. Once they solve that, they actually graduated to the artisan, and they can increase the GMV from one billion to five billion. And then they will encounter another problem, which is the system. Yeah, you know, uh, we used to be kind of like a one-time, you know, uh, team, like a one-member team. Uh, but now, you know, you need to create a system to scale the business uh, in terms of the the people uh, on how we source the product, how how we produce the product, and, and other things. Uh, if you can, you know, solve that problem and change your mindset to become kind of a more, you know, medium to long term, uh, what do you call SMEs? Uh, you basically need to focus on your value change, starting from the material production, logistic, uh, sales channel, and also financing. Then you can, you know, graduate it from the artisan to emerging. So the emerging market, uh, the, the emerging brand, I think, is is the most interesting brand because in many ways they already found the product market fit. They already know how to scale the business. So now, you know, they have the fun on how we can scale this business and make it into a big brand. But the most interesting uh, finding that we see on the emerging brand is that when you hit to, you know, around 80 million, you know, uh, 80 billion rupiah per year, typically there is this, you know, mental block that you feel that you become the number one in your categories. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you think that, hey, you know, I'm the number one brand. Yeah, you're successful, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of like the, the local optima, right? Like our friend, you know, keeps saying that, hey, you know, you are the number one in this category. If you want to buy T-shirt or you want to create T-shirt, you need to talk to, to Arik because he's the, he's the man in that category. But the funny thing is that when we ask them about, hey, you know, like what's the total market share of the T-shirt? And then when we compare the the total market, uh, the, the total addressable market for the T-shirt, and then the, the their GMV, their GMV is like zero point zero zero one of the total addressable market. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. cannot be the, the the number one player in that categories. So I I guess um, um, by continuing to sort of like educate them in terms of understanding the concept of how to grow the business. Um, that's the key message that you want to bring to to all these micro and small enterprises, right? Exactly, and you know to focus on the value change, to focus on value creation, and focus on those five things: the material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Arip. What, what what sort of industries are we talking about? Like you know, in Evermost, like what is I don't know the the, the top three um, of these uh, brand owners yeah. in terms of industry. Uh, so in terms of the in industry, it's pretty robust, uh, but we, we don't do FMCG and we don't do the fresh, gro- uh, fresh grocery. So non-FMCG, non-fresh groceries. Okay. Okay. So um, how about like a fa- fashion, 
you know because you mentioned a lot about t-shirt making t-shirt yeah. and all that i Apparel also think beauty, mm, uh, home living home living how about food arif like food products is that something that is also um getting you know more and more yeah we do that but it's more kind of like a prepackaged snack okay okay prepared snack rather than uh something yeah i guess because you know you need to store them and all that that problem will come again right if if it is like fresh produce and stuff like that exactly and i think you know the way we created our business plan is that we want to make sure uh again you know when we look at the the market 30 to 65% you know marketing sales and logistic uh, so we want to ask the brands like hey, instead of you know paying 30 to 65% we will only charge you 30% of you know sales commission yeah yeah um was there any particular story you know or particular people or businesses that you help uh, ever since you joined ever since you founded uh, evermost that sticks with you you know something that you feel like hey you know we are making a real social impact to these people was there anything that you care to share uh, one of the brand that you know have a special place in 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 my you know heart is uh, zm uh, saskia meka brand I, this is kind of like the term that you know used by uh, the ceo of airbnb we we basically give them the 11 star experience okay <laughs> So when the okay. first you know the first time they came uh, to us you know we we, we help them on the sales channel and then after that you know we basically become their personal business consultant. Mm, mm, uh, mm. If, you know they have issue with the logistic you know we we help them doing some due diligence making sure that they get the best you know for PL services uh, when they have some issues with the financing we we open you know access to a lot of fintech so that you know they can help uh, ZM to To, to grow as a companies tell me a little bit more about like how covid has changed the the landscape you know because covid definitely hit sme's heart right i don't know i mean what was your experience the, the last two years uh, dealing with sme's and maybe if you have any thoughts about how is the mood among sme's right now in the post covid era yeah so covid of course i think it you know affected you know negatively you know all aspect of life mm, uh, mm. but what we seen i think the the biggest impact you know uh, goes through the uh, people in the bottom of the pyramid uh, many of them uh, they only have a sole breadwinner so when the profit comes you know when there is a layoff when there is you know when they cut the hours uh, of that you know sole breadwinner It's very hard for them to meet the uh, to meet their you know daily needs. Uh, many of them you know don't have also the the expertise to start their business. They don't have the capital. They don't know how to do it. Uh, thankfully, you know we have Evermost uh, that you know give access basically to individual to start their own business without any capital, without any you know knowledge on how to become the entrepreneurs. We give them. Uh, the access the training and also the onboarding process so that and, and this is this is uh the resellers or, or the, the resellers. both the, res, the resellers okay the resellers yes okay okay so at least it gives them an avenue to sort of uh earn an extra income perhaps exactly without any capital right without, without any, any capital, capital. Yeah. yeah 
so so it it, it seems like uh, it goes in both ways right at the same time you are trying to build the brand owners you know helping them to grow their business and then at the same time you are trying to uh, provide extra income to you know maybe uh, people who 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 stay at home to take care of the kids you know be it uh, the wife or the or, or, or the husband you know um and and uh, people in the second tier cities because employment uh, opportunities are not as great as what you find in the in the major cities of indonesia yeah so this is actually you know what what, what you mentioned i think is the most exciting part about you know effortless business model because you know it shows that you know we can what we call indonesia i guess uh, this is kind of like the application of economy gotong royong yes yes helping each other helping each other so yeah. now you know the brand owners exactly with the resellers can work together and they improve their economy together yes arif you know um, it just occurred to me that you were born in bandung and you still call bandung home um i think this is interesting because we know for a fact that bandung was a big manufacturing base for indonesia in the 1990s right and in fact prior to the 97 98 asian crisis bandung was like you know the top or the top two base for global uh, textile production of the world right uh, but i think it, it's also uh, interesting to note that south korea malaysia and thailand the other three countries that were affected badly in the asian crisis sort of recovered from the asian crisis in terms of their manufacturing uh, capability but indonesia did not right and certainly bandung has not recovered to the its heyday in the 1990s so i'm just wondering if any of this uh, you know shape your aspiration as an entrepreneur in indonesia wanting to help uh, small medium enterprises uh, especially in the manufacturing uh, sector yeah no no i think uh, it in fact you know did uh become kind of the source of aspiration for us uh, to make you know what you know Evermost today uh, yeah. we believe that the lifeblood of indonesia uh, economy actually comes from producing local uh, so we need to find a way not only you know buying product local but also producing you know the product locally if you look at you know kind of one category in the modest fashion let's say hijab Uh, we estimated you know on annual basis there is around 1 billion hijab you know being sold in Indonesia which is around you know one hijab per month per you know women who wear the hijab but sadly you know 25% of that produced locally and the rest is actually not in Indonesia so now you know we try to find a way so that you know we can produce in Indonesia and we can Uh, of course not only produce you know locally but we need to find a way so we can you know produce it you know cheaper better quality mm-hmm. uh, better design mm-hmm. so that we can compete yeah. with the global players yes 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 I, i mean indeed you know i think um some i don't know eight years ago when we started talking about this exciting um Indonesia's middle class that is rising and the strong domestic consumption in Indonesia back then I guess as an economist my main critic was that the majority of the stuff that we buy especially in the online marketplace are actually imported goods like you said right like the hijab is one example so 
it's it's really we are we are we are getting a big economy but we are an economy of buyers we don't produce anymore right so how i, I don't know i mean like uh, how how do you think evermos can help uh, and and how do you think indonesia maybe in a broader place can should tackle this problem so i think there are two things the first one you know we as a country need to realize that the problem you know this problem actually is not only the indonesian government problem if you look at you know the medias or the 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 perception of the indonesian you know we always kind of said that hey this is the the indonesian government issues and they need to solve it but if you look at you know the the stakeholder there are three of them the first one is the indonesian government uh, you know an entity that you know create the the regulation the law uh, and then secondly is the smes the one that you know create the product sells the product and then the third one is the indonesian as the customer so we all need to 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 aware that you know this problem need to be solved by the three stakeholder uh, late last year the indonesian government actually issues a tariff for some finished good product including hijab uh, i think the the minimum tariff it was set at around 13000 rupiah So this is actually is the opportunity for you know the SMEs to to capitalize you know the, the regulation that the government you know has created to protect the SMEs. We need to think you know medium to long term. We need to invest in you know equipment so that we can increase the productivities. Uh, when we have the, the 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 scale, then we can you know reduce the price so that we can become more competitive with the global players. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 how about uh, in terms of the talent, uh, Arif? Like you know, like how how do we encourage more and more people wanting to to go into the craft of you know maybe making hijab or or, or things like that, uh, where the temptation to to do something else, right? Temptation to go into I don't know maybe work in the commodity sector because it's so hot. That's where the money is made. Uh, what do you think we can do more? In, in terms of I this, think in terms of the creativity, I think we are still, you know, one of the best. Uh, if you look at kind of the design of the modest fashion or the design of, you know, some of the uh, products that we created, uh, we can actually uh, compete with the global players. The main problem is that if the global players started to copy the products at scale. <laughs> And they dump it to Indonesia, then you know we have some problems there. Yeah, yeah. So in 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 terms of the creativity and all that, you you are not that you know you think that we we should be more optimistic. Yes, I, I'm not worried about the creativity of the Indonesian. I think we are really good in in that area. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How about um, you know uh, talk to me a little bit more about the financing, right? Because obviously financing is is one big challenge for SMEs, right? Um, but right now, say compared to I don't know, compared to like five years ago, with this uh, entry of uh, fintech companies, P 2 P lending uh, platform, and all that, uh, has that helped or has that made it? Uh, uh, I don't know. Has that sort of cloud the 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 environment? Or what's your what's your take on it? Yeah. So I think to understand about the. The, the financing need of the SMEs, we need to look at kind of like the growth journey of the SMEs. Uh, 
as we mentioned before that, as I mentioned before that, you know, the majority of the SMEs, they are kind of, you know, get into the business perhaps by accident or opportunistically. And then, you know, they hit the product market hit and they try to scale the business. And because of that, the majority of them actually do not have asset uh, that they can put, you know, as a security so that they can get money from the bank. Uh, but now because of, you know, uh, FinTech Indonesia, it actually create uh, an opportunity for, for, for the SMEs to get access to the financing, non-traditional financing. Perhaps it's uh, inventory financing, working some type of working capital financing. So that's that, that's really a, a a new alternative sort of like from traditional financing where you need to have an asset to pledge it to the bank and and, and whatnot. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I think the Indonesian government just also release a regulation right about you know the the IP mm, can yes. be you know used yes, as a yes. pledge against yes the... yes like content content in uh, YouTube exactly <laughs> as an asset that you can <laughs> pledge for for financing. Uh, this is interesting, Arif. You know, I I I also want to get uh, your thoughts about your experience working in Silicon Valley. Um, this was in 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 the two thousands, and of course, it was an exciting time. Um, you know, you 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 spent seven years there before uh, pulang kampung, right? You you went back Indonesia in twenty eleven. Uh, my questions, I, I guess, two of them. Uh, one is, how did that experience uh, shape you, you know, as a startup founder. You you you, start, you, you founded a few companies before Evermost. Uh, that's the first question, and then the second question is like, you know, how, how would you compare the dynamics of the market right now in Indonesia to Silicon Valley in in the two thousands? Uh, so, you know, through Silicon Valley, I learned that you know. Thanks to technology, we can actually change the way how we do business. And not only that, we can also change how people live their life. Uh, through technology also, we can actually disrupt a certain industry. You know, we can be nobody, but because of the technology, you know, we have the speed to disrupt a certain industry and we can have an impact not only in the business level, but also in everyday life. Uh, so in 2011, you know, Indonesia was, you know, having its first internet boom. And you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I returned to Indonesia. I want to apply what I learned in Silicon Valley to my own startup in Indonesia, because I know that, you know, we are actually living in a very, uh, very, interesting era right the era of technology which is we are very very lucky and and, and how, how would you compare the dynamics now i mean are we um you think we have still plenty of room to grow in terms of uh this digital economy and how technology will change everyday's life or i don't know i mean obviously the world right now everybody is getting a little bit scared of startup and technology firm right are we no, I think compared to, you know, the U.S., we still have a lot of rooms to grow. If you look at, you know, some certain industry, uh, yes, you know, we have our own, you know, innovation. But for many other industries, we are still, you know, a little bit behind, you know, than the U.S. or, or other market. A couple of things I'd also that I want to ask about you. Uh, first of all is on your, your role in BRI Ventures, right? BRI Ventures obviously is the 
the venture capital uh, a company of uh, a state-owned bank, right? BRI, Bank Rakyat Indonesia. Uh, you know, could, could you talk a little bit more about sort of the the the, the vision that BRI has and uh, your role in it, and and how excited how excited are you basically with the stuff that they're doing? Because obviously they're also involved in a lot of uh, early stage and growth stage of startups in Indonesia. Yeah. I think I'm I'm very excited about you know what the BRI venture has been you know doing. Uh, for one, you know they want to. Uh, to create uh, a platform uh, so that you know a state-owned you know company can 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 tap into you know a more non-traditional uh, venue such as you know startup you know funding and then secondly you know as as a bank BRI you know they focus also on the SMEs. So if you look at BRI Ventures, you know, we have Sembrani, we have Kikani, uh, those funds, you know, uh, focus on uh, more kind of like the SMEs type of, of company. So it so it's 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 aligned, it's aligned with your passion, right? And your, your interest. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, any thoughts, Arif, you know, um, talking about SMEs, talking about manufacturing in Indonesia, I can't help but... Uh, Maybe I want to ask your opinion. Um, some some economists out there are are getting a bit concerned that you know Indonesia will will grow old before we grow rich, right? Basically, maybe we will we will be stuck in the sort of uh, uh, the middle income uh, e- economy. Um, and 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 the big reason of that, uh, I think, in my opinion, is is really on the manufacturing capability. Um, I don't know. What, what What's your take on it, you know? <laughs> oh, that's, that's a very hard problem. <laughs> to me, I think, you know, in Indonesia, I think right now there is a vicious cycle in which that, you know, when there is a winning product, uh, a global player can detect that, hey, you know, there is a winning product and they copy the product, they manufacture it in their countries at scale and then they start, you know, uh, flooding the Indonesian market with the cheap product. <clears throat> uh, the main issue for that is that it hinder the SMEs to take, you know, more bold approach to invest in the machinery, to invest in increasing the productivities. Because when, if, if you are, let's say, if you are a tree and you grow, you know, one meter, and then every time you hit the one meter, you know, someone, you know, cut your tree, then you cannot become, you know, a giant tree, right? So, you know, we as a country, I think we need to work together. Again, Indonesian as a customer, you know, we need to, you know, pro on the local product. We need to, you know, willing to help the SMEs to to grow, give them a chance to, uh, to, to grow. As the SMEs, you know, we need to focus on the mid, you know, to long term. Uh, how we can create, you know, more value, improve our value chain so that we can compete with the global players. Because otherwise, I think you're right that we will stuck in this kind of like zone and we cannot, you know, break the, the, the middle class trap. You know, I guess, I, I think uh, knowing more about Evermos uh, from, from our conversation, I, I, I got to thank you guys, you know, because... Um, Consult consulting is is expensive, right? And and SMEs, 
you know, SME, they will not be able to hire a huge, you know, brand name consultant to try to grow their business. But I think I respect what you guys are trying to do in terms of trying to give them and getting them to understand the concept of how to grow the business. I think that's important because uh, there is always the temptation, especially in a resource-rich uh, country like Indonesia, there is a temptation to always say, you know what, let's just go to uh, you know, uh, planting something and, and selling them and, and not much uh, value add, right? I think, I think that's, that's been uh, uh, one of the... Uh, uh, the scene that that Indonesia has, right? And 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 people like you guys trying to develop this ecosystem is something that we respect. I st- I think we're still very early in the beginning of our <laughs> journey and still a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, but definitely you know it's it's exciting. Uh, and and I, I wish you the best uh, of luck in 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 this journey. Uh, but before we end, you know. I want to ask your 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 thoughts about where do you see yourself? I don't know, five ten years from now, um, because because this Evermos is not the first company that you founded, and I'm sure you have other thoughts. You know, Arif, you you have other interests that you may you may want to. Hmm. I think for Evermos, you know, in the next five years, you know, I want you know small brand, medium brand, they have the same opportunity as the big brand uh, to market their product you know in a very you know efficient way if i created a good product you know everyone in indonesia can enjoy my product and they can buy the product get the product in the you know very efficient and cheap way uh, that would be i think the goal for the effort and then for myself i think i will be back to the to the venture capital scene perhaps yeah yeah it's it's exciting right it's still an exciting scene and you know i think indonesia's digital uh, economy is continuing to grow and um, i don't know and any sector that you like or any sector that you you think is going to be even bigger you yeah. know five years from now no, i think that's i think that's the most i think interesting part about about venture investing right? it continue to change and you know we need to continue to to keep up to learn to stay to stay to stay in touch, right? Stay in touch with what's happening. Exactly, meeting you know very smart, cutting edge you know individual you know very high ambitious, and we can learn a lot from them. Okay, okay. I guess I guess that's uh, that's great. And you know, Arif, thank you very much for coming to the show. Uh, like I told you, I I, I learned a lot from from this uh, uh, conversation, and I hope that. Maybe at some point we'll invite you again, right? Maybe at some point we talk, and maybe at, at that point your perspective of SMEs uh, have changed. Maybe the the challenges that they have, that they face, have changed, right? And and we'll talk again because I don't think this is an issue that is going to be solved, uh, you know, in, in a short time. I think uh, there are a lot of challenges for for this growth of the segment of the Indonesian economy. That sounds like a good plan. Uh, thank you for having me, Gundi. Thank you. That's it. That was uh, my interview with Arip Tirta, uh, founder of Evermos, and we wish him all the best in trying to develop and trying to grow Indonesia SMEs. I'm your host, Gundi Chayadi. Thank you for listening off the script podcast from Katadata.
You can listen Katadata Podcast on our website katadata.co.id, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and even Katadata Indonesia YouTube channel.